Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Temple Formula Racing Podcast with your co-hosts, Ashley, Chris, and Lil. Hi, guys. This week, we'll be covering um, a team update. And then following that, we will have an interview with our FBA lead, Emmy Houston, and questions and answers for the hashtag TFRPod. Then our final interview with our past president, Hunter Hayes. Ooh. But first... We're going to go to Lil with her little team update and her little report. Okay, guys. So this week, um, pretty exciting stuff. Our budget has, I mean, we've had money coming in, money from last year, but it's finally been approved, which Yay. is cool with COVID. Yay. That's really cool. Also, I think what's also really exciting is composites are going to start, you know, getting pounded out soon. Um, Wait, what, did, are, what are composites? Talk what does that mean? A composite? Yeah, what does that mean, like? What, what is what is composites on our team? Um, so like this, well, they're probably not going to do the side pods, but like the ergonomics stuff. So like the foot, foot thing, rest. the TFR yeah. plate, like, okay. you know, like all the like carbon fiber components on our car. I guess we just call them composites. Um, wait, Chris, were you actually asking me that? Or for the podcast? Well, it was kind of both. I mean, like, yeah, I knew what composites. composites. I know what composites are, but I wanted to do it for the podcast and myself. I was like, should I actually like explain it? Um, also, I think Powertrain is working on getting an engine, and maybe they've already. I think they've already picked it out, and yeah, that's really exciting. Um, other than that, um, Chris and Ashley, how's your week going? <laughs> Pretty good. Um, we're doing a lot for. Um like machining we're doing a lot of uh, planning for ergo and all the new parts that we have to do with the new chassis design and it's going really good everyone's smooth sailing right now so very exciting that's good yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I've been up to other stuff besides Temple Formula Racing, um, but this podcast is kind of bringing me back to it. So that's nice. Um, you did post on the Instagram. That's correct. I did. Um, and it, oh, what was it? A picture of? Mm, it was a stock image, I think. Yeah. I think it was of the intake. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've been up to. Well, what have you been working on with the team? Um, wheel assembly is coming along, so that's exciting. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're finishing up right de- designs. Um, oh, I totally forgot. We uh, had done our chemical inventory this past week. All done. All of our chemicals are registered in the school building, and we are safe and up to code. <laughs> <laughs> the yellow cabinet is secure. It's secure. Um, I also wanted to mention Sybil sent out an email, I think like a reminder email, for if you haven't done shop training, to do shop training. Very important, um, especially for the school, if you want to work in the shop this year. Um, so if you, you want to... kind of important. <laughs> if you want to, <laughs> um, feel free to do that too. Joining us now is our FBA system lead, Emmy Houston. Emmy, thanks for being on the podcast with us. Could you Thank tell you us having me? You're, you're welcome. Could you tell us your major and what you do on the team? Um, so I'm a mechanical engineering student here at Temple, and I'm the head of FBA, which stands for Frame, Body, and Arrow. Uh, our car currently doesn't have a lot of aero devices, but my job mainly can, 
just the, the frame, building the chassis, designing around other systems, and then the body components, which are all carbon fiber that we make in-house and make all the molds at Temple and on-site. So the frame is the metal tubes that support the driver. It's basically the biggest part of the car, right? You have suspension. The frame kind of connects each system in my mind. So it revolves around ergo because it's where the driver is sitting and it's holding everything ergo does inside. And it's holding the engine in the back with the disc mount, but it's also connecting suspension to everything else. It's the, it's like the veins of the, um, you know, car in terms of systems where you got a lot of important organs the frame is the blood flow right it's connecting everything and so it really is an interesting system that requires us to both meet a lot of really high standards i think uh the frame in terms of the ffae competition has the most strict rules and that's because it's primarily based on safety but then it's how do you get creative around it and you know upper members and different height requirements and distances and welding different points make you really push you to be the most creative you can be within those limitations. Um, so that's frame. And then aero is anything with aerodynamic devices. So that can range from a diffuser to uh, an aero package, which is something uh, I personally have a goal of getting on the car by the time I graduate. Even though I joined as a freshman, I think it's definitely something we've been working on, but our car is so big that it, you know, takes a lot of weight. So it'd have to be really efficient. And so that's its own justification that we've made to judges for the past couple of years and then body is all the body panels and we actually wrap our car in Dacron which is a material that um, many years ago someone on the team figured out how to use and we got points for it because it was a really creative way to use a lightweight material so it's basically the body is anything that covers the frame and protects the driver so you got the under tray and the side pods which are my baby and the nose cone which the school takes a lot of pride in because it's you know the pretty car looking part of the car. And yeah, and then from that really you have composites, which does a lot for Ergo and I do all the composites on the team right now, but um, we do all the carbon fiber layups in our shop. And that I always describe to new people in the most immature way, which is industrial arts and crafts. It's a lot of paper mache type process and mold making and things like that, that I actually feel like I learned in high school uh, in terms of, you know, making female and male molds and plugs and things like that. Is that one of the reasons why you chose to be on FBA as a system or out of all the other systems? Uh, I don't think I chose FBA. <laughs> I think I got suckered into it. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I mean, it was definitely the most interesting part of the team because I am not a car person. Um, I grew up in a city. I took the Metro. Like I still have friends who don't have their driver's license. So it's funny to me that I do so much revolving around like automotive stuff now. And it's fascinating to me now, of course, but I didn't get into TFR because of it. I got into TFR because I had this crazy friend as a freshman who wanted me to join. And I'm looking at her on Zoom right now. <laughs> and uh, I walked in and they were doing a layup and I was like, oh, this is cool. And, you know, it just seemed approachable. And then the first weekend I helped, they were making fiberglass molds for the side pods and they got we uh, use the trash room at our school. We call it the advanced composites lab. Uh, they got thrown away when they were curing overnight, my first weekend helping out. And so I was like, oh, I can help. And so I started making these side pod molds in January when it was like a, we got to get this together kind of thing because 
it threw off their timeline for the entire year in terms of production. So then I just came into the shop and would sand and uh, sand a foam plaster mold. And I got really close with the girl who was doing that, but it wasn't even a thing of, I wanted, I don't know how to describe it. I just somehow felt comfortable in the shop. It's and like then from there grew. Just sanding for hours and hours and At hours. first, I'd say at first, <laughs> I've done a bit and maybe meditative at first, but after a bit, yeah, it kind of gets weird. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, it definitely takes a specific type of person. And I think it's a, um, it's also a weird thing where most things are really binary in the shop. It's like, it's either working, so you're good or it's not, right? Like it's fixed or it's not fixed. But making molds and bringing them up to really high uh, grit count, so up to 2,000, up to like 4,000, like the difference between those two, most people don't feel it and they see a little divot, or like they, you don't see a divot, but I might feel a pinhole and I'm like, oh, we need to patch that. And I have people on my team, thankfully, that feed into that and they're like, I see it too, and we do that. But most people are a little bit like, does it matter? Especially since it's so unrewarding, right? Like if you're making spacers up in the shop, you at the end of the day can see as a pile of materials that you've transformed from one thing to the other, but mold making specifically, you don't see what you're doing until basically you're done and you can't go back. Right. So it's making the surfaces, putting on the layers, painting it, then doing the fiberglass. And then you remove that mold at the end and you see where you're at versus you don't. So the choices you made two months before you're seeing in your layup. And that's something that takes someone who really, is okay with not being satisfied with the day of work on a day-to-day <laughs> basis. Yeah. So if you weren't in FBA, what, what system do you think you would choose? Um, well, this year specifically, I feel like I've learned a lot about suspension. Uh, and so I think suspension is definitely fascinating and I have a grasp on it that makes me feel very smart. Like really sincerely, I've learned enough about each system. I feel like that uh, you get different things out of it. I think powertrain is the most satisfying, like clicking into place, something getting done feeling. I think suspension is the most rewarding, similar to FBA, where you don't see it until you see it. And when it clicks, you feel smart, which is constantly a thing I'm uh, craving because I never feel smart in the shop, right? There's always a fire to put out. So I think suspension, I mean... Electrical seems like they're having a great time. Like they're, they're, they're their own little island, which sometimes I think FDA feels like we are when it comes to composites and things like that. But uh, I, I like the trust and like chillness of electrical and like working with senior design teams and things like that. That's like my retirement dream on, in terms of <laughs> it's just becoming an electrical engineer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Don't say that you don't need to be an engineer specifically to be on the team. I mean, I'd work for Tim. It'd be great. Actually, no, I'm, I'm changing my thing. I would like to run the social media with Chris and learn how to take good photos. That's really what I want to do. <laughs> That's true. Come up with good captions. Oh, captions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Captions no, about the business. caption. Do we have a Twitter? Not, I forget. Yes. Yes. Oh, Actually. Yeah. Not business <laughs> specifically because uh, I worked a lot with Hunter when I was a freshman before he was even El Presidente. Uh, to like help him put PowerPoints together. And he did so much work with sponsors that it was, I knew how to help him. And it's a skill I felt semi-comfortable in being like his like assisting and helping him organize things. But it didn't actually, like making a PowerPoint look pretty, but like talking to sponsors, like I'm, that that's something I wouldn't want to do. But like cost report is kind of interesting. 
I want to help with social media specifically. That's a skill that would translate. All right, I mean, I'll, I'll pencil you in. <laughs> that was a place for you to like plug our socials, by the way. I mean, that's me, like, a brilliant <laughs> team. I think that's a brilliant team to aspire to work for. And I, like, you're hired. They really have come a high on. standard of quality. You yeah, come on. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Temple Formula Racing and on Twitter at TU Formula Racing. Also, uh, like, check us out on LinkedIn. Um, link us but if you're watching this podcast or listening to this podcast you probably already know about the youtube spotify apple Podcasts, or whatever other podcast platform you're listening on so thank you for that Chris, um, will you help me with my linkedin account like on a of personal course. level that would be really <laughs> of course i need these internships yeah i got up to oh, i have a question you might have to edit this up do you always connect with like people connect with me but i don't know them do you still connect with them it can be up sure. to you. Even yeah. if they have mutual connections with me. Mutual connections, yeah. I feel, is, it's greater than, like, just a random person. Okay. Like, like, they go to Temple. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, Emmy. Um, well, we're roommates, but I don't think I we're, we're connected on uh, LinkedIn, and that's clear. We are connected, Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> of course oh. I'm connected to the um, FBA lead. Of course. <laughs> Uh, okay um emmy (laughs) i have a question here it's it's uh what have you worked on the car but you've already kind of talked about that um what's been the fate your most uh successful or favorite thing that you've worked on on the car could i add like when you're talking about the side pods and you're talking about how high level grit you got last year when i like felt the smoothness of the mold it was probably the smoothest thing i've ever felt I just that's a compliment. Give that credit to Josh and Emma, who are my uh, teammates on FBA. Which, for the record, the one thing I take the most pride in, like I would, I would say the side pods were my child last year because I worked on the foam mold the year, my first year or my first semester. Then I came in as like a freshman sophomore and basically was in charge of all of the composites. So I was the composite lead before I was head of FBA completely. And with that, I designed the side pods. I learned Star CCM to uh, simulate and validate them. I chose the, the design. I made fiberglass molds as test runs and then made fiberglass for my first time to make those molds. And then we actually had a plan to get them done by my birthday, which was March 20th. And of course, there was this thing that like interfered. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it was- Was it around March pandemic. 12th-ish? Yeah, 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 something like that. Mm-hmm. Where we had actually spent spring break the week before the the world shut down at school and so the like FBA that. grind is like no other. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they grind. It's, it's 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 little by little, and then when you have a layup or you have something that needs to get done, it's multiple days in a row of just a layer of paint waiting three hours, a layer of gel coat waiting three hours, resin cleaning brushes takes hours afterwards and that's the crazy thing of there is no we did it we're done it's we did it we're done we still need to clean all of this stuff that really uh you need to be able to reuse and that's it's just it's very draining and rewarding because i'm a masochist so as the side pods are the thing i'm most proud of but really the thing that i learned last year that i'm truly the most proud of is just the way my system specifically works and communicates uh, we're a pretty small team compared to like powertrain, which gets all the flashy, like new people interested in it. Uh, but my team is so, I mean, we all, no one puts in more work 
and uh, within our system, right? It's we all got each other covered. And it's a thing of I've really pushed myself to learn things that I wasn't comfortable with. But I also feel really proud of the way I pushed other people on my team to take, step up and take responsibility. And the way that Josh is able to be someone that I think you guys should interview and the way Emma is able to knock out layouts on her own is something that I think was just is the most satisfying thing and being able to teach what I know to other people because I think when I entered my second year, I was the only person with the knowledge on the team. And that really made me uncomfortable because like, I don't have the greatest memory and there was something written down to the work I've done in teaching everyone who will listen about what we do as a way to both understand our timelines and work with us when we're designing things for other systems, in addition to just getting more people interested in it because I think it's just fascinating. And it's really something I'm passionate about. Yeah. And then with that, how has the car or specifically I would say the frame and composites changed from last year to this year because that's also a big uh, topic. The frame's changing a lot because of um suspension goals this year and so moving to 10 inch wheels definitely changes our pickup points and things like that and we're really trying to the SEA system specifically I think is the most validated system in terms of just work before it's produced. Uh, both because of the rules and because of our goals we set for ourselves. So I mentioned Star CCM before as like a, a simulation that I use for side pods. But I think that, uh, so when we're making changes to the frame and to carbon fiber pieces, uh, it's really with strategy and longevity because we want to keep all the things we have validated in place as much as possible as a way to make incremental change that is guaranteed to be better instead of making five changes and not knowing which one actually is either causing the problem or giving us the benefit, right? And so we really want to make choices that we can go to judges and say, we made this very intentional choice because of X, Y, and Z. So, Emmy, why did you want to go into engineering? Um, when I was in high school, I took an engineering class uh, because I was homesick for a year and I decided I wanted to take an online class that was actually like engaging with people. And we did like different projects each week. And it made me realize how many things engineering covers because my mom is actually an engineer and she's a patent examiner. And I always viewed her job as a, and I respect her so much, but she is a highly qualified, well-compensated paper grader. And I didn't think engineering was that funny because, fun because of it, which is kind of funny. And, but I took this class and my teacher was so great. And I got to be really collaborative during a time where I was taking online classes and I wasn't really able to work with people or work on teams. And it made me realize it combines the things I love, which is like being creative and finding solutions. But also it was challenging academically, which is something I enjoy. So math and science and the things that I've always been more comfortable with than, you know, writing a paper or anything like that. So with that, why did you choose to join TFR? This girl, Ashley, who, like, I can't remember. Oh, my gosh, that girl again. Who is yeah. she? Uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I just like solving problems. So mechanical, I switched. It was really easy. It's not like I took any civil classes at that time. And for the record, it was Tony, who is someone you should also interview, who used to be on the team and is an alumni and is the true composites SBA master, uh, his now wife. She went to comp with us because he drove the trailer and she was in civil and she was just like, you want to be a mechanical. And that's why I switched separate from the fact that the other blonde, the blonde over there is, um, <laughs> uh, you know, was like mechanical so much better. Uh, but the blonde being I, Ashley. 
But, yeah, sorry. Clarify. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. For the uh, and, and yeah, I just, so another thing that happened at camp was I was standing and staying late to do layups because I thought it was interesting. And I really referred to it as industrial arts and crafts the whole time when I would explain it to my mom or anything like that. And so we were in the shop at like 3 a.m. on a Thursday because that's what you do when it's crunch time slash like, you know, April of, of school year where you have exams and things. Like, I don't know why I was doing it, but they were talking, our president, uh, Steve basically said, someone asked him about comp and was like, so who's going, what's going on, whatever. And he's like, well, I don't really know because there are people like at the beginning of last semester who were really like a part of the team in terms of design, but they're never around anymore versus these two. And he pointed to me and my friend Zach. And I was just like, I looked up because I had these giant beat headphones on that I would just put on, play a video on my phone or listen to a podcast and just fan for that amount of time, basically every day. That was my routine. And I looked up and I'm like, are you talking about me? And he turned and he's like, you're here at 3 a.m. on a Thursday. Yeah, you might have done enough work to deserve to go to Michigan. It didn't even dawn on me until that moment and really until way after that moment that it was the thing of, oh, I was really an important part of this team. I really am around and I really did absorb a lot of knowledge, which is just my own probably self-consciousness. But I mean, that really was my thought process. And then when I got to Michigan and we were at comp where for the record, gave like the one system that is not panicking at comp because if you don't have your stuff together by the time you're out there you can't really change anything there is no emergency carbon fiber layup there is no welding the chassis uh because there's approval processes mid-season that like the SES report that are required and guarantee safety and everything like that uh so while I was at comp I was hanging out with Jim and John who are like the team mentors uh, they work in the machine shop upstairs and they turned to me while we were watching um, autocross and they're like so you're the new Julia now the girl who had done all the carbon fiber and I laughed and I said no I'm not like who wants to be Julia she's you know there's so much stress she's so like I was just doing it to help out a friend because I in my mind is Julia's a friend like it's fine I was like I don't want to be Julia like that seems like a lot of work and Literally, I turned to Julia, I was like, hey, Jim and John said this. And she looked at me like dumbfounded and she was like, of course you're me now. And I was like, it didn't dawn on me until school was over in May at Michigan that I was like, oh boy. So I spent like the summer mentally preparing and working and, you know, going through things and talking with Hunter about our plans and then basically hit the ground running last year, running composites and then realizing, oh wait, Chow's graduating and learned my lesson from Julia saying, you're me now, like in May, to say to Chow, I want to be head of FDA next year, or I think that's just the next logical step. I have the most experience because our team was rather small and a lot of new people. But I said, I spent the year really training for the role that I have now instead of just getting it thrown upon me. Um, and do you remember your first, because you mentioned sanding, was that your first project yeah. in TFR? Like just someone thing. told you to sand? Uh, yeah, that and I remember helping uh, Jonah with some suspension stuff. They were making jigs. And I also, and then my first weekend, I do remember they were using the router upstairs and they were using it for jigs, but then the side pods went missing. So we were routing out foam for the side pod inverted mold uh, on the router upstairs in the shop. And that's a fun so, process to just sit there and... Yeah, and it sounds super impressive. And then they're like, oh, it's just... And they said a bunch of words. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. I had never used follow works in high school. Like, I didn't know anything. And, you know, you're just constantly learning. Like, the following year, me and Chow were up there one weekend routing out phones for molds or whatever. 
and they put the spindle at too high of a speed and it like melted through the foam and you're just like oh the person who a year ago i thought oh my god she knew everything about this space is screwing up things that a year ago chow wouldn't have even like you just it was so funny how it's you know even things that you know how to do you still screw up like it's just like it's a constantly humbling experience right like you whenever you're too confident you you're about to get something especially in front of other people too oh yeah definitely (laughs) like i'm gonna talk about this and then realize like i was using the wrong word for gel coat or resin or something Mm -hmm. so uh, getting away from tfr towards the end of this podcast interview what else do you enjoy doing with your time besides sanding and engineering um okay uh for the record, I just want the podcast to know I live with Will and Ashley, and they no, we don't. We don't, don't live together. together. We no. Uh, Who is, I don't know what she's talking about. I don't know her. But I'm really here for a podcast where you're both in the same room. Uh, I'm actually home right now because I had some circumstances where I'm back in DC. But uh, you would see normally in my Zoom background, I really like to draw. I think it's a really useful like doing something activity without it being uh physical labor similar to engineer all the engineering things I do uh so I like drawing a lot and I really like to cook uh so those are two things that sound nothing like what I do in TFR but also measuring out like ratios and things like that for layups are very similar to the way I bake where it's like very scientific until three hours in and you're just like oh we need a dash of this like it just needs to get done right sometimes you forget to grease the pan that's what pva is like in the shop like these are metaphors that i've really thought about so like that's kind of who i am i you know i'm just a universally competitive person we play a lot of games uh remy cube is great card games are great with my family i don't know what do i do you guys know more than me (laughs) well you can talk about swing you do so much yeah what's swing Oh, yeah. So I'm membership chair this year, which is really weird because it's during a pandemic. And sadly, I was trying to get this like um, a peer mentorship program off the ground and forcing a lot of my friends to volunteer to be a mentor. But sadly, because it's virtual, I think girls don't know what it is. And it's hard that a lot of new people didn't sign up. And you only had one girl want to be a mentee. Uh, But SWE is the Society of Women Engineers. It's a club here at Temple. I think separate from TFR, they're the most embracing group that I've met within the engineering building they are so nice and I constantly would introduce myself even like middle of last year after I went to the sleep conference with them in California the previous semester I'd be like hi I'm Emmy and people like Elizabeth would be like I know like we've had many conversations how's your sister doing and I'd be like oh my god so it's just a great group to be a part of uh right now I'm doing this virtual conference in pursuit of an internship uh and so that's been a fun experience and so this is the only reason why i'm doing okay in this uh interview right now is because i've been talking about myself for the last two weeks with random strangers and at least you guys aren't random strangers i don't know you (laughs) (laughs) we've never met before (laughs) uh well speaking of the fact that we're on zoom um we're in a pandemic um, how has Thank COVID you will. <laughs> yeah. you will, Captain for everyone listening, um, also for people in the future, um, this is 2020. Yeah. Um, how okay. has the COVID, how has COVID impacted your plans? TFR plans, you can talk about personal plans, you can talk about whatever you want. Like what hasn't it impacted? Like, I mean, it's, it's just definitely been a challenge, and I feel like 
all the work that I had done the previous year to prepare me to be the system lead I wanted to be was both really valuable to me as a person and as an engineer, but is really not helpful for this year based on the limitations. So pushing for arrow like has changed in priorities just in a manufacturing respect. I mean, COVID changed everything. And when this first started, I remember kind of weirdly for as anxiety-based as I am as like a person on the team, I'm always like saying, worst case scenario, are we going to make it? Like I'm, I'm a very worst case scenario kind of planner. When this hit, I remember talking to Elliot and Chris, or uh, not Christian, Hunter, and just being like, we got this. And me and Sybil specifically were like more chill than anyone else in terms of like what was happening. And I'm like, it's fine. Like, we'll definitely have comp. But if we don't have comp, we can build your own comp. There's just enough uh, schools in Pennsylvania that we could all meet up and race. Like, I had plans. Like, I was calm. We did the side pod layup at Emma's house in the middle of nowhere, PA during 4th of July weekend, because that was the first weekend we could both interact and we limited our contact and like I stayed at her house and we got it done. So I think it's really shown me just the like strength of my system specifically to finish a task, even when what's the point, like that car wasn't going to be what it is. So um, it's just been a challenge on all levels. I mean, it, I specifically was second high school. So I did a year of online school and when school went online, I was weirdly the optimist because I was like, this is going to suck for everyone. But unlike what happened to me in high school, at least everyone's stuck in their house with online school. And so you can FaceTime, like no one has an excuse not to pick up the phone kind of thing versus, you know, for me in high school, the experience was I was stuck at home being sick, taking online classes, but other people were still out buying dresses for prom and still getting to go to some meets and things like that. So, you know, the whole like, there's a sense of unity in it. So it's not like we're experiencing a limitation that other teams, other schools, other people around the world aren't experiencing. I just listen to a lot of podcasts. Like that's my music. I listen to everything. What's your okay. favorite podcast besides Temple for Besides this. Yeah. Um, Malcolm Gladwell's podcast is amazing. Uh, I can't, uh, I can't remember what it's called at this moment. Uh, I also like armchair experts because Monica's the best in that. I, I listen to a lot of things, a lot of like comedy uh, ones, a lot of informative ones. Uh, I'm a friend of the pod, which is called, you know, uh, Crooked Media because, yeah, they're great. Just all the ones where you guys are really competitive with. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You're my favorite car-based podcast. Thank you, Emmy. Except for Zach Shepard does love his car too, but it's not Gladwell. He's a car bro. Um. <laughs> Thank the you. f1 beyond the grid podcast is my favorite podcast but anyway what about our podcast chris oh close second <laughs> okay so how can we get chris to leave the meeting <laughs> i think oh i'm the host um okay anyway i mean our last question for you today is what are you looking forward to I'm looking forward to getting to work. Like there's been a lot of additional planning this year. And I think my system has always been good about that, but I'm looking forward to getting to work and hitting the roadblocks that you can't plan for. I think that's what FSAE is. Uh, I talk about it in job interviews. I talk about it. My, one of my bosses this summer, a caterpillar, he did FSAE and still helps out his team at uh, Purdue. And I think it's interesting because it's just a universal thing. Like it's not, even if you're the best, well-funded, most organized team at some point, 
head in the fan, like there's going to be something that you forgot to order. And so you're hitting pause on that. So you need to rechange. There's something about the design that isn't right. Now, sure, you should buffer in time for that. And time will be a crunch this year. But I enjoy finding the weird solutions. I enjoy finishing problems. And so that's really what I'm looking forward to. It's, you know, seeing the car come together, seeing last year's car come together. There's like a lot of things that are, you know, almost there, but you just gotta like tie the bow on it. And so getting to see the bow on it again will be very satisfying because the last time you had that feeling is when I got to go to Michigan uh, in May of 2019. I went to this sweet conference last year in California and talked to companies that like, I didn't even like comprehend. I'm like, oh right, every major company I've ever thought was cool needs, needs engineers. And it was interesting to talk to them because they ask you about your school experience and the projects that I work on for intro or, you know, physics or, or right, like at that point in time in the beginning of my like school based classes, or even just uh, we have a class where it's like CAD based drawings, you know, they're not that challenging. They're for a grade, they're very structured, right? And it's really great to have experience working on problems where sometimes there isn't an answer. Sometimes there's 50 answers and you just have to choose one and be able to back it up. And having that experience really when you're in college either comes from an internship where you're being trusted with it. But the first place I know I got exposed to it and had the opportunity to really make choices was in TFR. And that's why I'm able to talk about my experience making hard choices and working with teammates and having difficulties with both communication or budget or just time. So, yeah, I'm very grateful for the exposure I had when I was a freshman. And with that time, we are done with this interview. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Emmy. <laughs> thank you, uh, Emmy, for joining the podcast. I'm excited I to see you. As Hunter did, I'm nervous. <laughs> what? What? I heard you guys talking to Hunter, and you guys were laughing. Oh, that was so after much. the podcast. Yeah, Hunter's oh, okay. just crazy. Hunter's yeah. wild. <laughs> well, we'll hear about that more later in this episode. So stay tuned. Oh yeah, guys. Um, anyway, Emmy, thank you for joining us. And we uh, like you said, the bow on top of the car. I think we should get one of those big bows that they have in like those Christmas commercials for. Like, those are like five hundred dollars. We can make so. one. It'll be our yeah, Christmas we'll project. It we'll put it in the budget. We can make one. Anyway, we'll, thank we'll you, sell Emmy, the so much. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Emmy, for coming. Of course, bring a friend wherever you go, and I'm sure it'll great uh, lead to great things in your life. So That's we're true. moving on to this TFR pod segment now, and we're going to take up this whole segment to talk about the prog- the process from the beginning stages of designing a car all the way to competition in May. So if you guys, how does it how does it all start, really? Well, different teams have different schedule layouts. Some people start immediately, like, or start designing even before competition for the next car so that they can talk at comp about what their plans are for the next year. We don't do that. We <laughs> we do uh, testing over the summer most of the time because we've had our car, something might have gone wrong at comp or we didn't like how something ran at comp. So then we test and try to understand why it went a certain way. And then we go straight into designing after we have done all of our testing, which has made this year really hard because we haven't gotten all that testing over the summer. So we're trying to redesign and improve our car without having a lot of testing data right up front. Um, Yeah, so it's like design, improvement, like design, either redesigns, 
improvement of designs or we're keeping it the same. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into manufacturing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or validation and then manufacturing. <laughs> yes. How and long even does... sometimes, if we're not changing a part, then we'll like start building it or trying to make it as soon as possible so that we don't have to worry about it later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like kind of like the side pods, like we have um, fiberglass, com- uh, fiberglass molds for them because we know we're going to keep them. Um, well, I think we're going to keep them this year. So like we sometimes have long term mm-hmm. plans, mm-hmm. but then we go into manufacturing it. And then I would say we get ready for presenting it. Well, we, then we test it again. We build the car and then we get ready for a presentation. So we like practice driving for the driving events. If there are when driving is, events, like, the, uh, we'll see how that goes. Well, yeah, we'll see. Is this Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, well it works. Um, when does like the, the design process end and the manufacturing process begin? There's no like cutoff. Like uh-huh. we could keep if a design for a piece didn't work out or it's not working the way we want it to, we might have to redesign it again really quick and then manufacture it again really quick. And like then maybe test at it again. <laughs> yeah, Ashley. <laughs> what? Like maybe the at comp. <laughs> like yeah, maybe maybe we might make a whole part at comp and then. <laughs> What's put the it on story the there, Ashley? What's yeah. the story um, there? There's so many stories. So at comp. <laughs> Um, my first year I was on the team, the, we were trying to pass, there were so many things. Anyway, um, Cobb was a hot mess, but in a good way. Like, it was very, I learned a lot. The muffler was trying to pass sound, and we failed. So we had to, and what that means is our car was too loud and too many decibels, um, over the, like, limit. So we had to take the muffler off figure out like what we could change about it. We actually had like, we made on the spot like three new mufflers. Oh my gosh. Like, all at once. Yeah, like fixing the old one, trying to, putting on a new one that we had, like a backup muffler, and then making a whole new one at comp with the people that were there. Like they have welders at the competition and like other material sponsors so that you have materials at comp, but it's really hard to put it all together. And so I spent like three hours taking the intake and like getting all of the packing out of it because we were like, oh, it's too tight. Like the packing inside of the muffler was too tight. So the sound wasn't getting absorbed. It was just bouncing off the packing, which was not good. Very bad. So after that whole whirlwind of hours of figuring out the muffler thing, wasting our our time and not using it wisely, um, we passed sound. So and then we went straight to acceleration. And then, you know, um, the diff mount um, may, might have fallen off. <laughs> <laughs> fallen um, off. Yeah, might yeah. have, uh, you know. Okay, so so say everything goes well. And everything's, everything goes well. Everything's yeah. designed appropriately and we're, like, ready for comp. When is, like, the finalization of manufacturing and assembly of the vehicle? So what happens after the car is done being built here in Philadelphia, what we do is we take all of the parts that cannot be damaged in transit. Like we take off the intake, we take off um, the steering wheel, we take off a bunch of important pieces of the car and then pack them up really nicely and put them in the trailer. Sorry, excuse me. 
Um, we put them in the trailer, pack up everything. We gather all the tools, a grill, like everything. If we go to competition, we... all the tools, a grill, <laughs> <laughs> and a grill. Grill is very important um, for food. <laughs> and then we like get doubles of everything. Like you cannot have, you cannot be too prepared for comp because you don't know what's going to happen, and you don't know how your car is going to react to the new weather changes. The uh, there's less pressure up in Michigan. So the altitude's different, so your car runs different, so you have to tune it there as well as here. And then uh, we drive it like for however many hours. I've totally forgotten because I blocked it out of my brain. Um, I would say it's car. probably plus 12 hours. Yeah, it's a long drive. Oh it's a very to long Chicago, drive. it's 12 hours, so I don't... Yeah. Maybe eight? Yeah. It, it's, Michigan? It's so long. Um, Ten? Ten. No. But you Next stop level. at like gas stations with your team. It's really fun. Moving on a bit from the overall schedule of the team, we'll dive into what competition is like next podcast, but what can new team members do right now to get involved? I would say sign up for Slack, sign up for SolidWorks, try to download as many things off the drive um, and learn about them, go to meetings, ask questions, ask so many questions. Questions are very important annoy us please um so you learn and so that we learn how to answer questions because what you ask might be a question that we need to know the answer for competition so yeah and i would say also if you know who the lead is like just send them a slack dm they're like they'd be happy to like give you information when the meetings are whatever um everyone's super nice Joining us now is a former Temple for the Racing project manager, Hunter Hayes, not the country singer, but Hunter, welcome to the podcast. Um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? When did you graduate and uh, what you've been up to? Yeah, so thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be on this and I'm glad, Chris, for you for starting this up. You've uh, you really stepped into your role. Um, but I graduated last year in 2020 and so... It's been a, a long couple months since graduation, but things are things are moving smoothly now. I'm uh, I'm actually proud to announce that I actually did just get a an offer at uh, at a company called Bentley Systems. I haven't gotten the formal letter just yet, but they did give me a for- verbal offer, and so I will be working for an infrastructure engineering software company. And um, their name's Bentley Systems, headquartered in uh, Exton, Pennsylvania. And they are a global force in the software uh, software industry, dealing mostly with civil engineering projects. That's so cool. Very cool. Um, so, like, specifically um, coming into school, why did you choose to do, like, you know, focus on engineering cars, even though you were like a business student? Yes. So I joined, well, I transferred into Temple back in 2018. So coming from Delaware County and I visited the Philadelphia Auto Show probably that year before coming into Temple, noticed that this engineering project was, uh, was going on. And actually two of the the team members who I, I was first introduced when I got onto the team and who end up becoming close friends, uh, Christian Sloat and Angel um, Ortega. We, uh, 
they were at the booth and they told me that it's not just an engineering project. There's, there's a lot of business aspects of the, of the team. And so when I got into temple, that's exactly where I headed to. I met, uh, Chow when, um, I met Ethan Musser and I met Jonah Getz right off the bat was so funny walking into the room with the three of them. And, um, they welcomed me with open arms and they, I immediately started working and, um, yeah, it was a great, great time to get involved. And I was one of the few business people to get involved. And it was just a matter of expanding what I, what I know how to do and working with everyone. Could you like go into a little bit about your history with the team? Um, like you mentioned you were in, and we were in engineering, um, could you mention kind of the transition and like why you wanted to go into TFR, why you wanted to go into the business team specifically on TFR? Um, well, I think just the business aspect of, um, of an organization suits me best. I'm very, uh, I enjoy a personal aspect to everything. Um, I do like to get hands-on. And so that was always fun. And that, that allowed me to understand the, the role that everyone played. And so when I was able to see what everyone, all the, the parts that people were making, designing, it allowed me to better orient myself in a way to interface with our, our partners and our sponsors when I was on the team. And it allowed me to express the needs of our, of our organization. So gaining a hands-on perspective allowed me to better, uh, do my job and interface with with our partners. So when you first joined, uh, did you ever think you were going to be president? No, 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 <laughs> no not at all. I, 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 as I as I developed throughout the first year, and really spending time in the machine shop and seeing what was Stephen Deroba, the president uh, of the organization, when I joined. Um, was doing and um, how how the team was set up then I I didn't think that I would I would fall into that role I think it was more of a technical uh, oriented person who would who would lead the team however after after seeing a, a full year of operation and going through the competition it allowed me to kind of take a step back and see okay this worked and we, we got things done. It didn't work as efficiently or effectively as I think it could. And so then when it came time for, for identifying the successors to the previous uh, team's leadership, I think I kind of fell into that position of being able to, to handle the, the scheduling, mm-hmm. the, the interfacing and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that, so, that led me into a good position. Yeah. Don't skip on details. Like what were the steps? What, what, what were you doing before president? What was like the first project you worked on Hunter? Yeah. The first project I worked on. Yeah. Um, well, because I came into the room and Chow was in there and Chow loves her carbon fiber. She wanted <laughs> me to, to get carbon fiber. So I called up yeah. a number of companies and I, I did that. Um, so getting, not, not being afraid to get in, into, into some things that you're unsure about where, where you're going to, 
how this how this path will take you um, of like calling a company, seeing what they're um, what they have to offer, what you can offer, and being able to present that. Um, that was where I uh, how I kind of took charge and and just kind of making small gains if it was something that someone needed and just identifying what people on the team had needs of. So we all have a job to do and we all kind of know what job we need done. But within those jobs, there's a lot of unknowns and being able to, to help that person find the, the solution was, is something that's always helpful because like Lil, who's heading up a, a big redesign, she's got so much going on with her MATLAB calculations and identifying what she needs. But at, throughout the whole design, if she, if by the time she's ready with that and she doesn't have material that's necessary, and if if Lil's the one probably doing all the calculations, she doesn't have enough time to to contact a supplier and get that material. Being able to kind of piece those things together allows the team to work in the best way possible. Could you dive into like, I think that was a great explanation. Could you yes. dive into like um, <laughs> what, what the business team uh, does other way, like other where um, like at competition, what's the role of the business team there? Uh, at competition, the main priorities of the business team are, uh, to present our organization. And one, one thing that is, is often forgotten is that, yeah, we do the cost report and, but that's something that not only the business team is responsible for having everyone res like working on that is, is the way that, that, that gets done. And everyone's not, not on the day of submission and, and submitting everything that is oh, okay. I, I tried yeah. to piece it all together, which often happens the night before, the night before. we, we <laughs> did better. <laughs> we did better. We did better this year, but um, or this past year, but it, it, it's a constant evolution. Um, so doing the cost report and working with the, the engineering team so that they can also see exactly, do they have all their documents do they understand how it's going to be manufactured? That not only helps the engineering team throughout the whole course of the year, but when it comes to the cost report, having those people there who are um, who are capable of doing that, if you are getting um, in cost report, if you're getting audited, which a lot of the top teams do, uh, you're able to explain your processes more thoroughly and earn points based on that. Uh, second, in the business presentation, understanding how your organization organization is established, um, and being able to speak to how you uh, how you've been able to present your product is um, will earn you top marks. And um, coming coming in with a creative approach always is something that they're looking for because remember that these uh, industry professionals who are judging you are looking for new and creative ideas especially relating most often to the current state of the world because they are looking for a fresh talent who is trying to make uh, a step forward into the automotive industry. And they want to be sure that you are a creative thinker. And yeah, that like is outside of the box thinking is like very important. Exactly. And then back to where I was getting with this is during design presentation, it is not just a, 
an engineering design presentation. It is the design of how the, the project manager has set up this whole organization, how you guys function as a team, how you uh, communicate effectively and get the, get the job done in time. And, and that is a presentation in and of itself. So, and then if you've been hands-on, you can help dial in the toe and camber before the dynamic events. <laughs> have a fuel link right yeah yeah get some uh get some uh what super glue on your fingers when you're trying to when you're trying to glue up some some leaky uh (laughs) some leaky coolant lines uh, replace the whole engine yeah that's happened before of course yeah (laughs) and that that's another thing um risk mitigation just going into competition and having spares of certain things. That's something that the business team can always, always be looking at. How do you, how do you, how do you prepare the team to, to tackle uh, adverse conditions when they arise? And, oh, being able to keep everybody calm. As, <laughs> that's also, uh, that's also something too. Keeping to, morale uh, is very important. <laughs> you always need positive morality. Yeah. Yeah. And then how do you feel? Cause you've all the- obviously like gained a lot of skills, you know, on TFR. How do you feel like TFR has led you to where you are today? I think TFR has led myself and most of the people who, who are on the, who have been on the team and, and are on the team now to be more confident, um, confidence going out into the working world and your skills and your abilities, um, it's it's easy nowadays, especially with everything, all the information that's able to be consumed and watching what other people are doing to to get down on yourself and say, I'm not, I don't have the skills and all the capabilities, but then you look back on what you're really able to do and able to accomplish and and then go into that meeting or that interview or that conversation with someone and be able to speak to all the interesting uh, experiences you've had, all the friendships you've made and uh, connections you've built it's it's an experience that is uncommon and so people love to hear it especially those two who are looking to hire hire new people um so i was going to ask what else you enjoy doing outside of just cars and business and school and oh i've been a job. i've been getting into some fun stuff recently <laughs> Oh no! Um, what does that mean? <laughs> that means I have recently started uh, um, started the process of getting my A license for skydiving. So I've been getting hucked out of airplanes um, for the past month now, and what? That's yeah, so cool. <laughs> that so is I've such been... a you activity. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I yeah. was not expecting that answer. No. Yes. And uh, it's, it's wicked cool. It's, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. And um, my dad was a pilot. And so um, just, and my great uncle, he's a, he was a balloonist. So he used to fly um, back in the seventies and just go up in air balloons. My dad used to fly around in planes and I'm just jumping out of planes. <laughs> so it's, it's my, it's my adrenaline, uh, thrill-seeking habit and and it's it's been exciting 
it's been very exciting. That's so cool. that is crazy. How close are you to being done with it? Uh, I just started. I I've oh. got four. I've got four jumps in, um, and so it takes about twenty five jumps to get your A license. So I'm I'm well on my way, but it'll probably be come spring when when it really comes full through. Are you like jumping by yourself now? Or yeah, like, later. So you go through a four hour course, and and then they teach you all the things that like say something the chute doesn't open right or you have to cut away and pull your emergency chute and like what happens like they teach you all that and then they they throw you out of the plane by yourself oh my god oh my gosh yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's nuts it's it's so much fun and then they have a radio in your ear and they they tell you like do a 90 degree turn left 90 degree turn right and then once you get down to the ground you gotta they they teach you what you need to do (laughs) but you learn every time every time you get back to the down to the ground you learn something you've already you've learned already so much so um it's a process that's been really fun um how is it during covid like doing that is it harder um it's just everyone going through different safety procedures when you're going up in the plane you're all messed up when you're when you're around the the other people you're all messed up so everyone's pretty uh pretty cautious and safe but um not not doing the tandem jumps is something that I don't think um, they're really doing, but it's a, uh, it's a fun experience. It's so much fun. Okay. It's so anything else besides that or just that? <laughs> um, anything else besides that? Uh, what else have I been doing? Doing that. I changed, changed the fluids in my car yesterday. And so that was, that was fun. I got, I got, I, I got dirty. I got onto the car. So I that was happy um yeah pretty much uh pretty much that and uh and and trying to find a job have been the two things on my on my list and so now now i'm on my way to both of those yeah, yeah. you have a job and in the life. you're gonna be a skydiver true true very cool yeah so okay so we we asked this one to chad because we know you've been to competition what do you think the most important important thing um read the script for <laughs> Lil, re- really really needs a script <laughs> even when i have a script i can't right read it <laughs> it's in magenta so okay <laughs> what do you feel is the most important thing to prepare for this year for competition um since you guys are doing a lot of redesigns um making sure that the car is safe I think being having it be safe and and the best way to make sure that it's safe is obviously do your homework and it's with with the team that you guys have in place you guys are very uh very diligent so I think getting the homework done and getting practice nothing is better than getting practice and um so if you guys can do your homework and make sure you have it well documented. Um, design should be um, should be good, and then going uh, going out and testing and practicing uh, is probably the next next best thing to to prepare for. So homework and and then practice. Yeah. Okay. If you could tell another future team a piece of advice, just in general what would it be well Sybil took mine because she told me that she know that she the best piece of advice is that you know nothing 
that is the best piece of advice. We are, you, you know nothing. And um, so there's always something to, to learn in that um, you always learn from each other. Um, but working together and um, for a future team, um, I guess the best thing is just being a collective organization and not having any sort of like blame culture because this is a project that requires everyone's attention and detail and making sure that everyone knows that the person next to them is working just as hard or trying to um, and being able to work cohesively and not have any sort of like issues with each other makes a team function to the best best results so keeping uh keeping each other in check in that way is probably the best thing because if if someone messed up something at least they were trying and um as long as you as long as you're trying it's there's really nothing wrong with being on a on a great team with everybody else good advice that was nice (laughs) It's always nice to come into a, a team where people are welcoming and mm-hmm. yeah, and like everyone feels freely to like admit when they did something wrong and they need help. Like that's very important. Asking questions is the best thing you could yeah. possibly do. That's like when you come into something, you have no like, you know nothing. So ask every question you possibly can, even if it it might seem stupid. Um, be annoying. Ask yeah. questions all the be, time. Be, being annoying is fun because it it'll bring something up that 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 person might have thought about. And if you see something wrong, tell something. Say something. Say something. Don't. Even if you think it's wrong and you're not 100% sure it's wrong, say something. Say something. I have to ask. Yeah. Because it could, it could be, someone's, uh, be someone's finger that gets lost. <laughs> not really. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, Chris, are you ready to ask the hardest question? Okay, sure. Um, okay. I don't, you've seen the podcast, so you probably know what I'm going to ask, but like, what are you looking forward to? In my life, in the world, and anything you want. Anything you want. Anything I want. Open-ended. Open-ended. This is a hard question. What am I looking forward to most? Mm -hmm. Um, A new chat. (laughs) <laughs> a, a, a new challenge. Um, what I'm what I'm stepping into right now is going to be something more challenging than I've ever faced, and I think that's exciting. Being able to start back at base level and then work my way up through um, through experience, through building relationships, and. Um, Cause I'm a, you guys all know I'm such a people person. I love, I love that, love that. Um, so I guess to that point, probably getting back to dancing, being able to be in a, in a club with thousands of people around me. That's yeah. uh that's something that I always, I always really enjoy. Um, you love talking to strangers too. Like you I love talking to people. If, it, if they're strange, I'm, I'm stranger. <laughs> 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 um, so I think, uh, I think, yeah, 
a ta- tackling a new challenge is something that I'm really looking forward to. Um, that I'm I'm very thankful that I've been able to to rely on my previous experience to get me here, and I've been able to leverage that to my benefit in in such an unknown world and. I mean, even without COVID, it's when you leave university, it's, it's almost like, where, where do I go? What, what are my, what are the possibilities? And really that's, it's up to you to decide. And so I think just being able to confidently move forward is, is something exciting. New chapter. That was really answer, Hunter. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you. I'm coming out with great answers, <laughs> yes, but I don't get good. to, I don't get to ask you guys all you questions. You can ask us something. Sure. Why yeah, not? Yeah. Okay. What do you have to ask us? Um, who is your favorite team member this year? Just kidding. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so much drama starting. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, no, 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 no. Um, a question that I would love to ask you guys is <laughs> what is the biggest challenge since the senior members have left the organization that you guys have come across to that you've had to work through? Ashley, well, I think for me, it's like being like, oh, like, where did this all come from? You know what I mean? So at least we had Elliot for real assembly to like, you know, because he did a bit, but like to be like, whoa, we're like, you know, new eyes looking at this stuff for like the first time, like these designs. So it's a lot of just being like, whoa you know uh, how <laughs> how have you been able to to move into that and um approach it with a different like with, with the confidence that you have yeah it's just looking at like the purpose of everything right so why the pick points why were they this you know why why did they choose the bearing from previous years so it's just looking at their choices why did they apply this force for their like solidwork simulations and just kind of like in order to redesign, we have to go through their design to be like, okay, to build our design. So it's kind of just, you know, looking at their design piece by piece, if that makes sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, yeah. It's yeah. like the struggle from the transfer of knowledge being, because it was such an abrupt like end. So yeah. it was hard to like move on and move, like and re- start redesigning. It's yeah. not like we're like in the shop where like, you know, in between like classes, we can come in and like talk about design. It's it's like we're on Zoom and, you know, we meet on Zoom a couple times a week, but it's not the same as like being in the shop and like just talking to someone about, you know, whatever you want to talk about and kind of getting their input. It's like way different. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it feels like stuff is taking so much longer, but like we're, we're doing very well with our like time management, but it's. Yeah, it, it feels like it's not going as fast. Absolutely, you guys' timeline is still still very, very, um, working very well, and you will you will get a card of competition. Are we on par with last year? 
you guys are a little bit behind as far as when you sent when you sent the chassis out oh yeah but because you guys are having it welded out um by vr3 you guys will be so much further ahead because you guys will have a, a chassis come in that's that's perfectly welded and you won't have to and then you can start assembling um machining is going to be a challenge but you guys will figure that out as you already are yeah slowly for surely <laughs> hours and hours can't wait that's did good. you have any more uh, any questions more Hunter? yeah um who's your favorite alumni great all right thank you hunter for joining us on the podcast uh we wish the best of luck to you thank you same to you guys thanks for coming out um hunter it was great talking to you um we love hearing about all the cool things you've been up to since graduating and we'd love to have you back whenever especially when we get the car um, on the ground and driving. So feel yeah. free to stop by. Of course. Thank you again, Hunter. And that's the end of this TFR podcast episode. Uh, be sure to use the hashtag TFRpod, that's P-O-D, to uh, send us your questions or even DM your questions or stories uh, from your FSA team. Uh, you can follow Temple Formula Racing on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at Temple Formula Racing and then at TU Formula Racing on Twitter. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe, maybe comment down below. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you can rate the podcast, so feel free to give us a five star. Uh, if you're on Spotify, be sure to share or share with, uh, with any other platform you, you uh, are listening on. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching, guys. See you next week. Next time. <laughs> <laughs>